Good evening, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Janet and the Sherpa, the Fourth and Inches show with Janet and the Sherpa. This is our second go-round. Our first show was last week. You can find that in the Blog Talk Radio archive, and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Janet, to the show. Welcome back, Janet. Hi. You all set for another and, uh, 50 minutes of fun and frivolity here? Yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Yeah, uh, we're going to start. Oh, go ahead. No, what, what are we going to talk about? Go, <laughs> ahead, go ahead. We're going to start a uh, four-week series where we preview each division and talk about what we think the best fantasy impact players from each team in that division will be. And we'll talk about two each week. We're going to start on the East and work our way West. So this week we've got the NFC East and the AFC East that we'll be looking at. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the strategy of fantasy football and drafting. We'll revisit some of our disagreements we had last week on some of the topics. And And feel free to be a part of the show. Let us know what you're thinking. If you agree, disagree, think we're crazy, whatever, you can talk to us via email at fourth, the letter N, inches show at gmail.com. That's the number four, P-H-N, inches show at gmail.com. And also on Twitter under the same name. And you can call in at 347-677-1608. That's 347-677-1608. And if you forget, we'll give it to you again during the show, and you can also find it on our Twitter page or our Blog Talk Radio page. So hey, hopefully we'll be hearing Twitter. from you guys. I've already forgotten <laughs> our Twitter uh, thing. What's that again? The number 4TH, the letter N, inches show. Great. And Please. what time are we going to be on in the future weeks? Well, this week we're here till 7, and next week we start in on our regular time from 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern each week. So that's where you'll be able to find us from now on. Great. And if I can't listen to the show live, can I listen to it afterwards? Yep. We've got uh, archives on Blog Talk Radio. You can find under our show page, which is Blog Talk Radio uh, backslash the letter, the number 4TH, the letter N, inches show, just like everything else. And within the next two weeks, we'll also be up on iTunes. If that's easier for some people, we'll be there too. That's great. So, and tell we were going to start a fantasy football league uh, for fourth and inches listeners too, weren't we? You want to tell us a little more about that? How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to figure out who's interested in playing, and whatever the general consensus is, is where we'll pick to play, be it Yahoo, CBS, ESPN, wherever. And um, depending on how much interest there is, we may have two leagues, we may have one big one, a couple small ones, whatever works best for all the participants. And this will be a good chance for our listeners to see if they can use our tips against us and actually beat us, or if we're just going to crush everybody. (laughs) I I would guess that that's going to be the case. The latter will probably be the case. (laughs) I invite our listeners to prove otherwise. Um, So, and how are we going to decide who gets in? Are we going to let your cats decide? Are we going to have a limerick contest? I, I kind of <laughs> like the idea of a limerick contest, but what do you suggest? I mean, we can do first come, first serve. If there's a lot of interest, we'll have more than one league. I'm, a, I'm open to that. I mean, no reason okay. to leave anybody out in the cold. <laughs> okay. 
well, the, it is football season, so being left out in the cold might not be the worst thing. But all right, and one <laughs> thing I just wanted to throw in before we get off to the division previews is you can also find us on the website Fantasy Football Sherpa S H E R P A dot com. There's a website with customizable player projections that'll all be ready by tomorrow morning. And there's also the Fantasy Football Sherpa blog there that Jana and I will be sharing our thoughts with you guys uh, periodically, including some of the strategy topics we'll be talking about tonight and maybe even some of the team previews too. We'll kind of figure that out as we go. So put on your track shoes, Jenna, and we're about to dive in here with our <laughs> favorite division, which would be the NFC East. And just for those who might not have had a chance to listen to the show last week or listen to the first archived uh, show, I, I say that because um, Jana is a big Cowboys fan and I'm a big Giants fan, so we obviously have rooting yeah. ourselves, <laughs> but we'll, we'll try to put those aside as best as possible, even if it's not entirely possible, to uh, give you a rundown on which players we think are worthwhile and which ones you should avoid for each of the teams. So. Why don't we get right to it? Let's start in on your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, quarterback Ooh. situation. Okay, well, what's your general feeling? How do you feel about their offense in general? You think they're a top offense this year, or where do you see them? I mean, I I don't fully believe in Tony Romo. I know that's a little crazy as a Cowboys fan, not even like your own quarterback, but I can't help it. <laughs> I just—I don't think he's an elite quarterback, <laughs> but okay. but I do think our offense as a whole is good, and we're capable of scoring a lot of points that we showed multiple times last season. So I think taking, say, a Jason Witten or a Miles Austin or even a Des Bryant isn't a bad idea. I think they'll help you a lot on your fantasy team. But again, I am a little biased. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually, as much as I hate to admit this as a Giants fan, I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. <laughs> on paper at least the Cowboys should make it to the Super Bowl this year. But I figure that given the whole – say that every home, year, though. Let's be real. Between, <laughs> between the whole home field thing, you know, the curse of a team never having played a Super Bowl on its home field and you know, just all the oh. drama that inevitably goes on there in the Metal Simone, I am pretty confident that they'll find some way to mess that up between now and February, but uh, we'll see. At least on the surface, they look like a really talented offensive team to me, and you know, I think there's plenty of guys to we choose. We are a really talented offensive team. It's not just on surface or on the on paper. It's for real. We just all right. can't close. All right, all right. <laughs> no moss, I surrender. Okay, now among the running backs, they're obviously, they've got three talented guys. They've got Marion Barber, Felix Jones, and Tashar Choice. Who would you be mm-hmm. looking to draft first among those? Who do you think is going to have the most uh, fantasy value this year? Uh, if I had to pick one of the three, I would go with Felix Jones. Uh, Marion Barber is going to start every game, and he's going to get a fair amount of the carries, but Felix Jones has more breakout speed. I think he's a little more elusive, and I'll give you a little bit more value than Marion Barber will. But Jerry Jones is in love with Tashard Choice, so he may not be a bad late-round pickup either. All right. Now, would you feel confident drafting either, well, I guess Jones because you figure he's the main guy there, but would you feel confident drafting mm-hmm. him the, as um, your first running back, or do you think the running back by committee potential there kind of ruins his value? Where do you stand on that? Um, 
I I don't know if I'd take him. Well, maybe I would take Jones as my first running back. I I don't know if I'd be totally opposed to that. I think he's going to get enough yards and touchdowns to make it worth worth the higher pick. But not everybody feels that way. Uh, but I think realistically, when you look at the league, there's more, there's going to be more teams that are going with running back by committee than ones that aren't. So you kind of have to pick and choose there. Very true. So now how about moving on to the wide receiver situation there? Obviously, Miles Austin was one of the breakout surprises in all of fantasy mm-hmm. last year, but do you think that he's going to still be worth um, a number one wide receiver spot this year? Do you, I mean, obviously he's going to start for the Cowboys. What I mean is, is he going to be you know, a top five, a top ten wide receiver in all of fantasy this year? Would you feel confident with him as your number one receiver, or do you think Des Bryant is going to get into his value? Or how, how do you I see think that? Miles Austin, you have to understand with Miles Austin that he's not going to put up the same numbers he did last year. It's just there's no way he can have as good of a year as he did. Teams are going to be better prepared to cover him. He's going to see a lot more coverage than he did at the beginning of last year. So that's something you have to look at. But I think he's still going to be a top ten receiver. Uh, obviously, Roy Williams is kind of a waste of space for us, and I wouldn't waste any picks on him. But Des Bryant... It's going to be a little touch and go in the first couple of weeks because of this high ankle sprain that he got in uh, training camp this week. So I think I'd want to take Miles Austin higher than Des Bryant right now. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I just wonder, too, how much Bryant is going to cut into Austin's potential value, especially if the running backs happen to stay healthier this year. And, you know, they've also got the, the tight end defeat, too, with Witten. So um, one last question about the Cowboys before we move on here. Do you think mm-hmm. Martellus Bennett has any value this year, the backup tight end? Is he worthy, uh, if you're in, a, like, a two-tight end league, is he worth a late-round pick, or is, is he, you know, just consigned to the sidelines unless something happens to Witten? Uh, I think he's. I definitely think he's worth a late round pick. Um, I it would. I would say it should be at the very back end of your draft. But he got some good looks last year. He proved to be a fairly consistent tight end when he was in the game. And Jason Witten is a tough dude. He's going to play through almost anything, short of losing a limb. Uh, so he's not going to be the number one tight end at any point. But he is. Sometimes we run the two tight end set. Sometimes he's going to be in when Witten needs a breather. I think he's a a nice late round snag if you can get him. Okay, sounds great. And what do you think about the Cowboys defense? Are they a defense that you would trust if you needed to draft a fantasy defense? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of other teams I'd take before the Cowboys defense. It's not that I think we're bad. It's just that we're prone to fits of giving up 50 points in a game every now and then, and that makes me uneasy. All right. Well, and just for those yeah, of you I'm not who might a total, be wondering. I'm not a total, total Cowboys fan. I do have some thought process about <laughs> No, no, you, you've been very objective, and I appreciate that. And now I'm going to show you the other side of the coin when we get to the Giants then about how not to be objective. But anyway, <laughs> uh, one quick thing before we do move on to the Giants, I just want to mention for all of those of you who are waiting with bated breath for our kicker rankings, we're actually not going to talk about kickers. If anybody has any complaints about that, go ahead and uh, blast us on. If you, if you want to talk about kickers, talk to me on Twitter, shoot me an email, I'll talk to you about kickers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I believe they're worthy, and Scott doesn't. 
<laughs> right, right. Jana, Jana is the is is worth is is willing to talk about kickers and Scott, aka the shark, <laughs> thinks that they're a waste of time and that I've already spent about a minute too long on them. So let's move on to the the. The New York Giants. We'll just go alphabetically here, is so that we're not uh, giving Your any. They're beloved Giants. Giants. They're beloved, but again, I, I think I can be objective. I mean, if Eli Manning goes down with an injury, I have no doubt that Jim Sorge can lead them to the Super Bowl. But be that as it may, I'm I'm not real keen on Eli as a fantasy quarterback. I, I would, for certain, rather have no, Tony Romo no over him. But what do you think? Uh, I just I think Eli Manning's got a little too much negativity happening in his head. He's a little too much mental right now, and he doesn't think fast enough on his feet to really become an elite quarterback, whether or not he has a Super Bowl ring. Did you just I, just, say I don't like him. Oh. <laughs> okay. I was just staring at my picture of Eli on the wall here and processing that. But um, Okay, so you're not an Eli oh. fan. What do you think of their running back situation with Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw? you think either of those guys have value this year? Um, I I think they do, but I wouldn't take them with my one my number one running back pick. I they're gonna split carries a lot more evenly, I feel like, than a lot of running back tandems. So it's more of a risk to try and guess which one's gonna get more value for you. Okay, I guess this is something we could debate. Maybe we'll do that on a, a blog post or something because I actually well, think that think? Brandon, I think if Brandon Jacobs stays healthy, he could definitely be maybe a top 10, a top 12 back. Of course, that's a pretty big if. You know, he hasn't stayed healthy in, I think, three years now. But you know, Bradshaw yeah. also gets nicked up a lot. I, I'm not a big believer in Danny Ware, who's their third string running back. But you know, I, I think Jacobs mm-hmm. has shown in the past that if he stays healthy that he's definitely a thousand yard back which you know, but the problem is in the past he's shown that he can't stay healthy so you really can't bank on that happening no you can't bank on that happening i certainly wouldn't <laughs> you know have him and then just you know leave him bare and you know, take someone like you know, steve slayton as my backup running back and you know, that would just be asking for trouble then but yeah i think he's somebody yep. that you could probably get as your second running back but has the potential to perform at a first running back level if he stays healthy. But uh, moving on then, the wide receiver situation there is also very interesting, and it's also somewhat of a mess. Uh, Steve Smith has been good for the last couple years now, but there's obviously still some doubts about him, even though he went to the Pro Bowl last year. Hakeem Nix and Mario Manningham, both, especially Nix, the Giants seem to be high on them, but they're both banged up already. Mm -hmm. They've got Ramses Barden and Sonoris Moss behind them. Dominic Hickson's already out for the season, so I really don't know what to, to think with those. So Smith is probably the safest choice. Other than that, I would probably avoid the other two guys if I could. I actually really, I like Mario Manningham. I like him a lot. I drafted him once even. <laughs> All right. I, so. If Steve Smith and Mario Manningham were, are the only guys on the Giants that I would touch. So Hakeem Nix, you would stay away from, even though he seemed to be the yeah. one that they were really looking to for the long ball at the end of last season. I just, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about him. Okay. We'll see how that plays out. And then tight end, what do you think of Kevin Boss? Obviously not in Jason Witten's class, but do you think he's a worthwhile fantasy contributor or no? Uh, I think he can be. 
And I, on it, I obviously I'd want to go Witten way before I went with Boss, but I think he had a fair amount of fantasy value last year, and I think he'll continue to this year. Do you think he would be draftable if you're in a 12-team league where you only need one tight end? Would he be a starter in for, in your mind or no? Well, I'm the jerk who takes a tight end before you're supposed to, specifically so I can get Witten and not have to deal with this. But if I, I'm the kind of person who drafts backups at every position, and I may take him as a backup tight end if you're only starting one. If you're starting two in a 12-team league, I'd take him. I definitely agree with you on the two. I think I might even consider him, you know, borderline first guy, you know, that he might be in that 12 to 15 range. But And I promise I won't say yeah. that about all 30 tight ends. So, <laughs> anyway, let's move on right. then to another team that's near and dear to your heart, although in a different way, and that oh. would be the Philadelphia Eagles. So, obviously, they've got a lot of stuff to put it nicely going on there, but let's start with the quarterback situation. <laughs> they've, they've got Kevin Cobb, who's thrown for 700 yards against the Lions and the Browns last year, or whoever he played against, some defenses that weren't very impressive, and then you've got right, not Michael good Vick. <laughs> you've got Michael Vick, who's uh, behind him and just seems like he's a time bomb waiting to go off, and then you've got a interesting rookie, uh, Mike Kafka, out of Northwestern that they drafted, mm-hmm. but do you think, how how long a leash do you think that the Eagles give Kevin Cobb? Is he going to be their guy all season, barring an injury, or do you think at some point Andy Reid might panic if they lost the first two or three games and make a switch to, to Vic to see if he could ignite the offense? He's their guy. He's 100% Andy Reid's guy. Uh, it was pretty clear from last season that Michael Vick was just was not super high on the depth charts. They, they may preach about how much they like him and like what he's doing, but they very rarely used him. And when they did, it was one play. They never let him get into a rhythm. And it was at a time in the game where it didn't matter. They didn't give him a chance to do anything of value. And I I unfortunately live in a family of Eagles fans, so I have to watch these games. And I watched a lot of downs, and he was almost non-existent. So Kevin Cobb is their guy, 100%. He's going to have the longest leash in the world. Unless they start 0-8, you're not going to see Michael Vick as a starter this year, barring an injury. It's just not going to happen. And I think that means that a lot of fantasy players this year are going to draft Kevin Cobb, hoping that he throws for three or 400 yards like he did in his two games last year. But, I mean, last year nobody really knew what to expect out of him defensively, and this year they do. So it's not going to be like that, and it's going to crush some dreams in fantasy football for some people. So you're not as high on Kevin Cobb, then, as it seems a lot of the writers are. I mean, for instance, where would you put him relative to, say, Matthew Stafford? Who would you rather have as your fantasy quarterback this year? Well, I I would go Cobb just because he has a little more experience. He's been in the league longer, and Matthew Stafford's team's atrocious. But if I had to pick... Tony Romo or Eli Manning or Kevin Cobb, I would pick Manning and Romo before him every time. Huh. I think I would differ with you. I would I would put Eli third in that list, and I think I would be tossing a coin between Cobb and Romo. But uh, I'd probably go with Romo as a safer pick, but I would think Cobb might have a little more upside, but uh, let's move on then. How about running back? What do you think, uh, LaShawn McCoy, do you think he's a 
a guy just waiting to burst out this year. I mean, he had 600 yards rushing and about 300, I think, or 400 receiving last year. Do you think with Michael Westbrook out of the picture that he's the guy this year, or do you think they're still going to be primarily a throwing team, or what do you what, what do you see happening with them this year? Well, I actually like LaShawn McCoy, shockingly, but I do like an Eagles player as a fantasy player, and this is the guy. Um, he showed great speed. He's got good maneuvers, he can kind of wiggle out of tight holes, and he's got good hands, so he's going to get receiving yards, too. Uh, And it seems, hopefully by now, that Kevin Cobb's got some kind of rapport with him, and that if they want their pass game to be successful, Andy Reid's got to make this a little bit more of a running game. Because as much as they talk about being a running team, their run game hasn't been successful over the last couple of years in the way that other teams have been. So I think they're going to be looking to run the ball more than they did last year and that they'll be more successful at it. So I think he'd actually be a a decent pickup for a fantasy team. I agree with you. I I think he's somebody I could definitely see being a top 10 or, you know, somebody that you would take as a first running back in a, in a 12 team league, certainly, and maybe even in a 10 team league. So I know Mike Bell is there on the scene too, and people are worried about him vulturing away touchdowns and all, but I still think that you've got to, go with yardage primarily when you're choosing running backs and wide receivers mm-hmm. because the touchdowns are very random. And I definitely think yeah. without Westbrook around this year that, you know, I don't see uh, Weaver or anybody like that as being a uh, not Weaver, who am I thinking about the other uh, running backs there. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I, I just think that they don't really have anybody that's a serious uh, challenge to him. So I would, think he'd be a good choice as a first back. I'm not worried about Bell. So how about moving along then the wide receivers? It just seems like they're going through one a day there. Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Jeremy Macklin's hurt. You know, they still have Jason Avon from last year. Riley Cooper, you know, Tim Depot's buddy from Florida's a rookie on the mm-hmm. team this year. What do, you, what do you think of their receiving core? Well, it looks like Des- Deshaun Jackson's back injury is pretty minor and it shouldn't affect him. Uh, Macklin hyperextended his knee. I that can linger a little bit more. Um, Jackson obviously should be, uh, if you're taking a receiver from this team, he's number one. Um, Jeremy Macklin was good the first half of last year and then just died off. There was nothing good about what he did in the second half of the season. And I know this because I had him on my team. So I'd be a little more reluctant to take Macklin because he was so spotty. But I think Deshaun Jackson definitely worth uh, a pickup in the early rounds. All right. I would agree with you there. I, I definitely like the idea of Deshaun Jackson as a wide receiver one if he's mm-hmm. healthy, if his back proves not to be a big thing. Another guy I really like from their team, what do you think of their tight end, Brett Selleck? Is he a tight end that you would target? I like him. I like him. Uh, if you have somebody like me in your league that's going to take tight ends early and cause panic where everybody starts taking a tight end and maybe four or five are already off the board, Selleck's not a bad option. Um, I I think it's a little hard to figure out exactly what he's going to give you because he's had some injuries in the past. and It looks like he and Kevin Cobb have a, a decent chemistry, so that should help. Uh, but I think this season could be a breakout year for him if he stays healthy and the Eagles have a decent pass game. I, I agree. I, I like Selleck, too, as somebody that's kind of 
uh, I wouldn't say under the radar. I think most people noticed him last year, but I think there's mm-hmm. so many good tight ends this year that he's somebody that you know, might not get picked in the first five or six tight ends, but you know, he's kind of like, for me, someone like Dustin Keller, somebody who's likely to be there after the Witten right. and the Dallas Clarks and the Antonio Gates you know, type mm-hmm. of guys are gone and somebody you could snag who, you know, in the right circumstances could be just as valuable as those other guys. So moving on then, why mm-hmm. don't we just in the sake of time skip uh, defenses too and, let me, you know, just so that we make sure we get through all the teams then. But moving on to the, right. the Washington Redskins, what do you think of their quarterback situation? You know, Donovan McNabb is obviously the starter there and, you know, Rex Grossman, has also been to a Super Bowl. You know, he's been to as many Super Bowls as McNabb, but uh, obviously McNabb's a starter there and oh. something less, something <laughs> goes haywire. But what do you think of him? Um, I would not ever draft McNabb or Rex Grossman. Ever, ever, ever. Grossman I, I can just, understand, but explain to me the McNabb. Why, why would you shy away uh, from him? Uh, his completion rating, from what I can tell, not outstanding. I don't consider him an elite quarterback, although a lot of people do, and you have to remember that over the last couple of years, he's been getting injured more often, he's taken more bumps and bruises, he's had a couple surgeries, and I just he's an older quarterback, he's, there's a lot of chaos on that team, I'm just very, very cautious in taking anybody from the Redskins right now. I just, ugh, I don't, I don't like the, the vibe there. I I don't like the vibe on the team, but I'm a little bit higher, I think, on McNabb than you are. But that brings me to the the running backs then. That I agree with you, or well, I shouldn't say I agree with you. I don't know how you feel yet, but I have a feeling that with Portis, Larry Johnson, and Willie Parker there, to me that's just a a mess. I wouldn't touch any of those guys with the proverbial 10-foot pole. I mean, they all must – I think they're all 30 or under still. Johnson may be 30 now, but, you know, those those guys are all, you know, 28 or 29 going on 40, I think. You know, they've all been beaten up. If, if any of them managed yep. to stay healthy, it wouldn't surprise me if it's Johnson, but I certainly wouldn't go putting a lot of faith in, in any of them. But are there any of those three guys you would consider drafting on your team? Nope. There's a lot of egos there. I think there's going to be some issues with playing time as the season goes on. Everybody's going to want to be the number one guy out of them, and clearly – it doesn't look like any of them is going to be a clear number one because they're going to have to, from the resumes that each bring to the table, they're going to have to give them a fair amount of carries each game. And I just I don't think it's worthwhile to take any of them. I just It's not going to give you enough value. And we haven't even talked about the, the big factor you know, looming over them, and that's the Mike Shanahan factor. We all know you know, mm-hmm. how, how much chaos he caused and consternation he caused among fantasy owners when he was coaching Denver and would shuttle in running backs and you know, he might have five or six different running backs leading the team in rushing in different games within a mm-hmm. single season. But uh, this this also just seems like when you combine the three guys that they have with the head coach they have, I just say pass, pass, pass on all three of those guys yep. and let somebody else you know think that they can uh, fool the, the – the, the genie there, but um, oh yeah, there's some Redskin fan that's going to be in your fantasy league that will happily take some of them off your hands. Don't even try to draft. <laughs> and if any of you are in listening to this and want to disagree with us, feel free to to throw in your two cents or three cents or however many cents you have on Twitter or the email, or feel free to call in on the number too. So. 
uh, just finishing up with the Redskins quickly then, wide receiver, do you see anybody there that you would take among Santana Moss, Devin Thomas, Malcolm Kelly, Joey Galloway, and Bobby Wade, who I can't believe is still in the league, but uh, any, I mean, any fantasy value right, there? Right now, I don't feel like any of these guys are going to be standout, are going to be a better option than somebody on almost any other team in the league. The only guy I'd seriously consider drafting off the Redskins is Chris Cooley. He's very productive. I like his antics off the field because they don't actually interfere with his play. And he seems like a nice guy. A little crazy, but nice. And I'm okay with that. I would definitely draft him on a fantasy team. Yeah, I just, how how healthy is he? Is he fully recovered from his injury, his season-ending injury last year? Because I know they put him at Davis and they were complaining that he couldn't block, but he certainly seemed to catch the ball very well. Are they likely to go to two tight end sets then just to get him the ball, or what do you see happening there? I think they might. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how together McNabb is. I mean, they may try to do two tight ends early. It may depend on if any of their wide receivers decide to wake up and be a good football player. It's hard to say. People on the Redskins are somebody you may want to wait and pick up later on. Right, because it's almost assured that that most of them, with the possible exception of McNabb and Cooley, will be available in the later runs. So there there are plenty of good Redskins still Mm -hmm. available. I don't know about good, but there's plenty still available then. So all right, that's our breeze through the NFC East. Are you ready for we our did little... Have, uh, we did have um, one comment on Twitter about the wide receiver cores in the NFC East, and uh, sure. Jason says that he ranked them, all four teams, and he thinks Dallas is the best wide receiver core, which bravo to you, I agree. And the Eagles are second, Giants third, Redskins fourth. I, I can't really disagree with that. I think that's pretty accurate. I might disagree with the if, – if the Eagles guys are healthy and assuming Des Bryant is healthy, I think it's kind of a toss-up between Dallas and Philly. But mm-hmm. you, know, you, you could probably – I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I, I think Jason's point is a, is a good one then. And yeah, I agree with you that the Giants and the Redskins, at least at this point, are, are lagging pretty far behind there. You know, even with Steve Smith with the Giants, you know, there's just too many question marks for both those teams at wide receivers. So uh, good good comment from right. uh, Jason. And keep those coming. Anybody else wants to chime in on anything we're talking about, feel free then. So are you ready for a quick little break here? All right. <laughs> okay. It's time once again for something we did last week, and it's the ever-popular – Word associations where I give Jana the name of a player, a coach, or an owner, and she gives me the first thought that pops into her head. Last week we spent entirely too much time on this, so I pared it down from 25 to 10 this week. You ready? Yeah, bring it on. Okay, here we go. Number one, Ravens defense. Mm, over the hill. Over the hill, okay. I would I would say injured you know, with the guys. They, it seems like they've got a lot of guys that are you know older that are out for the season and younger guys that are getting hurt already. So that, that's a bizarre one. All right, Tim Tebow, your favorite player. Uh, number one in jersey sales. Number one in jersey sales. Okay, next, moving on. Brad Childress and Ziggy Wilf. <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> disaster. Okay, and. This is totally unrehearsed, folks, as if you couldn't tell. But anyway, these are just stream of consciousness um, things from Jana. So let's let's keep going then. Number four, Vince Young. Mm, needs to stay out of strip clubs. 
Okay. All right, moving on. Number five, Pete Carroll. Scandalous. Scandalous. All righty. Number six, Brian Westbrook. Done. Done. Nice one-word summation there. Number seven, Andy <laughs> Reid. Fat. Fat. I thought you were going to say done about him, too, but I guess not. <laughs> Number eight, Darren Sproles. Wiry. Fast. Wiry and fast, okay. Number nine, Dwayne Bow. Mm, lanky. Lanky. I thought you were going to say something about... Uh, uh, off the field entertainment there, but I guess not. And number I'm, 10, I'm yes. just pretending that didn't happen. <laughs> okay. And number 10, yes, you know I've been saving this one. Here it comes. Mm. You've been waiting for it. Jim Sorgi. Forever number two part. to the Mannings. <laughs> That's right. He's the Mannings' personal caddy. Okay, there we go. So we made it through <laughs> another round of word associations and come back next week. And uh, if my brain doesn't... Uh, start smoking, maybe we can uh, play it again. So anyway, do you guys like the word associations or not? Do you have any that you want us to do? I, I, I'm pretty much out of material here, so if anybody wants to write in some for next week, I'll take charge of those and surprise Janice. So uh, send us your word oh. associations if you have them. <laughs> All right, now getting back to the meat of the program here, the division previews. Let's shift over to the AFC East then. So right. number one, and this will take about five seconds, the whole team, I think. The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, quarterback, um, Trent Edwards, Brian Fitzpatrick, anything worth mentioning there? I just I don't think you can take either quarterback as a starter. Maybe if you want to take a flyer on one of them as a backup, because I don't really know how long a leash is for either one of them. It's clear that they'll come and go as they will. They're prone to concussions and injuries. I want Fred Edwards to be good. I like him a little more than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but there's just a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of injuries on that team, and even the fans aren't happy. I mean, I have some Bills friends on Twitter, and they're all just very cranky. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> why. I think, they're already on the, I think they're already on the clock for next year's draft, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they can already take their pick of quarterbacks for the draft next year. So at least the one good thing you can say for the Buffalo quarterbacks, they probably have the smartest uh, quarterbacking tandem in the league. I think Edwards is That's a Stanford graduate and Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. So between the two of them, yeah. I guess they're probably good if you need to solve the New York Times crossword puzzle. But if you're trying to win games in the NFL, I'm not so sure either one of yeah. them uh, can get it done or help your fantasy team. So anyway, what's more interesting about them, probably the most interesting part of this team are the running backs. You've got Fred Jackson, you've got C.J. Spiller, and you've got Mr. Beast Mode himself, Marshawn Lynch, who is also from a, a school that has a reputation for producing smart people, that being Cal, but you would never know it by him. But anyway, what do you think of those guys, and are any of those guys worth uh, drafting in a fantasy league? I like the potential that C.J. Spiller has, um, but I don't, I don't know if Marshawn Lynch is worth a pickup. He was suspended for a little bit of last season. Uh, management just tried to move him a couple of times during the season, during the off season. They clearly aren't really in love with him, so I think that's going to affect how much playing time he gets. I, I hate to say it, but I just don't think he's worthwhile. I agree. I just think you know, the only rookie that I really like this year is Ryan Matthews. 
on the Chargers, and we'll get to him when we get out to mm-hmm. the West. But you know, the problem I see with a guy like Spiller or Javid Best or Ben Tate in Houston is you know, they may have all the talent in the world, but the opportunity, there's just not a clear opportunity for them at this point. They may very well develop into a number one back during the course of the season, but you know, unless you have a crystal ball or ESP or maybe even ESPN, you know, it's almost impossible to <laughs> tell which of these guys are really going to break out as their team's top running backs. So I think I would probably stay away from all three of those guys, at least as a first running back. And if I had to rank them, I'd probably rank them Jackson, Spiller, and Lynch. But I, again, I, I mm-hmm. want to have, I want nothing to do with, with anybody on this team, I think is, no, is what it no. comes down to. So, all right, wide receivers, Lee Evans, Steve Johnson, Chad Jackson, Roscoe Parrish, James Hardy, and the Seven Dwarves. Anything there worth commenting on? Um, I think if you had to take one of them, maybe Lee Evans, but I I just I don't think any of these guys on the Bills, I hate to say it, are going to be of any value in your fantasy league. You I have agree. to be re- like in a 20-team league, you have to be starting five guys at every position for any of these guys to be worthwhile. Yeah. And AFC East only, too, I think, and maybe you have <laughs> a couple of these guys, but that's about it. Yeah. I think the Bills fans have been waiting for Lee Evans to break out since the days of Jim Kelly, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. So, all right, moving on. The one guy I think is kind of interesting on that team, tight end, is Sean Nelson. I think he was hurt last year but showed some flashes of potential when he was healthy. He's somebody that if there's a two-tight end league and you're getting down near the end or if you need a backup in a two-tight end league, I could see taking a flyer on someone like him or someone like Chase Kaufman with the Bengals who was hurt last year. But, yeah, other than mm-hmm. that, I, uh, are we are we done with this team? Can we just move on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. All right, now moving on to a more interesting team, and that would be the Miami Dolphins. So, quarterback, Chad Henney, what do you think of his prospects for this year? I mean, he's got Tyler Thigpen and Chad Pennington and Pat White behind him, but I don't really see any of those guys as real threats to him. Can Chad Henney be a top 10 or top 12 quarterback this year? I actually really, really think he can. I like the Dolphins. I like what they did last year. I like how everybody's young. There's a lot of potential. I think they could end up being a surprise playoff team. I It wouldn't surprise me, but I think it'd surprise a lot of people. I, I like Chad Henney. I think Chad Pennington's got a better chance of over overtaking his job than any of the other guys. Uh, Pat White is going to give you no value. He's used very rarely in the Wildcat. He doesn't get any other looks. Um, I think Chad Henney's the guy to go with, and I don't think he's a bad number two quarterback or... I mean, if you have Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, maybe he's your backup. But otherwise, I think he can be a top-ten quarterback without any real problems. And I think part of the reason people think that is because of who they brought in at wide receiver, but we'll get to that in a minute. How about mm-hmm. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams? Do you think either of those guys are worth drafting as a number one running back, or do you think that that's too much of a running back by committee there? What, what do you think? I think that they're going to have a fair amount of split time, but I think Ronnie Brown would be the guy I would take. He's not going to be my number one running back. He might be a three, though. He might maybe be a two on a weaker team, but I don't think – I mean, I don't think you can make him your number one. He's just not going to give you the kind of numbers that a lot of other running backs could, but I think he's a, a reasonable option for a two or three. 
Now, do you are you not so high on him because he's sharing the time with Ricky Williams because you're not convinced he's healthy or because you think that um, with the wide receiver we're about to talk with and the court about and the quarterback that uh, we already talked about, do you think that the Dolphins are more likely to put more emphasis on the pass this year? What what uh, makes you downgrade uh, Ronnie Brown? I think I think it's because of the shared playing time he's going to get. Um, I don't I don't know how how much it being a pass happy team would play into uh, less playing time for him since they seemed to do just fine on the run last year and they had a pretty even balance. So I just I think there are other guys who are a more standout that they're going to get more playing time in their tandem or are just the number one guy that would come before him. But I think he's a good option. I don't think he's a bad player at all. No, I, I don't. I, I guess I question how healthy he is. And I mean, it's definitely possible for two backs on the same team to both have fantasy value, as we see, say, in, mm-hmm. in uh, Carolina, where you've got both D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, who you know have a lot of fantasy value. But those guys both have the potential to run for over 1,000 yards because they don't really have a quarterback right. there that can get the ball to the receivers consistently, or at least we don't think that's the case unless Matt Moore or Jimmy Clausen can prove us wrong there. But you know, when you look at the Dolphins, you've got Chad Henney, and now we can finally let the gate open and talk about the wide receivers. You know, they brought in Brandon Marshall, and you know the guy you know, seems like he could just step right in there. And as long as he isn't punting the ball away in practice or doing you know, stupid things, he and keeps his head on that he seems like he could you know, be the kind of guy that could catch you know 85, 95 uh, passes this year, even in a new team, new system. What do you? How how high how highly would you rank Marshall among the wide receivers this year? I think uh, Marshall's a pretty good option. Uh, I mean, obviously, he has a lot of off-the-field issues, but for the most part, those don't play into how he plays on the field. He still has outstanding games and has a lot of value. The only thing I'd really want to watch is he's had a lot of hip trouble the last two years, having some surgeries, missing a, a little bit of time. So that's one thing you want to keep your eye on. But otherwise, I think he's a good option. So you don't think he's a very hip pick fan? I I don't know. I think a lot of people are a lot of people are reluctant to take the guys who are in a new system just because there's a lot of right. change and you aren't really sure how they're gonna be used. But he's he's an elite wide receiver. I don't think anyone can argue with that. So I think he'll get more than enough playing time to make it worthwhile. Okay, you're on the clock, and the two top wide receivers left are Miles Austin and Brandon Marshall. Who do you take? Miles Austin. Okay, I would take Marshall. (laughs) All right, moving right along then, uh, how about the tight ends? Any any value there in either Anthony Fasano or Joey Hanos? Do you you see anything worthwhile there? Uh, Two years ago, I would have said Anthony Fasano was a good pick, but last year he really fell off. Uh, he had up games and down games. It was really spotty and hard to to tell when you start him and when you don't. So I just myself would stay away from him. But I, I think that's kind of a – if you're a Dolphins fan, you're probably more likely to take him. But anyone else, maybe not. I agree with you. I, I, I guess I'm a little bit higher on him. But, I again, I, I don't think he's in that – yeah, I don't think he's a starter. Certainly not in a yeah one tight end twelve team league. Yeah, he's not a top twelve guy by any stretch of the imagination for me. If you have to start two tight ends, maybe he's a lower end 
second tight end, but I, I agree with you there that you know, there's not much to discuss there. So we're going to continue mm-hmm. skipping over the defenses just so that we make sure we get to the couple last couple teams here. Moving on to the New England Patriots, the team everyone seems to love to hate. Before we do the Patriots, we've yes. got a caller. Oh, no, oh, they're great. gone now. <laughs> oh, they hung up. Want to talk about. Oh, no. I don't. Sorry, Mom, call back. I guess back. we'll have to find out. <laughs> okay. All right, how about uh, New England then? What do you see? You know, how do you see Tom Brady doing this year? Do you think he's uh, going to be back? Do you think he's going to improve on last year's number? Do you think he's on the downside of his career? Or do you think the contract thing is going to be an issue? Um, what do you see with him? I don't know if he improves on last year's numbers, but I don't think he falls off either. Um, Obviously, his number one target, Wes Welker, not at 100%. And there's been a lot of internal strife in the organization about contracts and who's making what money, and he's got a new baby at home and a supermodel. and He's got some other things happening in his head, but I think he's you know, enough of a, a solid quarterback that he can go out on the field and that's not going to affect him. I just think the only thing that you really need to look at is Wes Welker not being there as the go-to check-down guy. I think right, that'll I mean, hurt him a little bit, but we already saw how that would affect him through the end of last season a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it seemed, and we can hop around a little bit here since it's a pretty natural uh, you know, flow from the quarterback to the wide receivers with this team, but you know, Edelman seemed like he was pretty capable when he stood in last year for Welker, and that's not to say he's as good as Welker, certainly not, but he seems like the kind of guy that could catch five or six passes a year. Maybe he doesn't have the breakaway speed that Welker does, but you know, he's a converted mm-hmm. college quarterback, too. He seems to know his way around the field pretty well and read defenses and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, so it sounds like you're not very high on Edelman then? I, I don't know. I just – there are other guys that go ahead of him. All right. Randy Moss, is he still a wide receiver one in your mind or no? I think he is. Um, I know that he's a little older and, you know, the Patriots aren't the big dynasty they used to be. Sorry, Patriots fans, but it's true. And I just – I think Randy Moss still put up good numbers last season and I don't see why he wouldn't this year. Right, as long as he – keeps his head in the game there and maintains interest, but I think that team's good enough that there's no reason why he would lose interest. This isn't Randy Moss playing on a terrible Oakland Raiders team or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think he knows, too. I think he's 34, 35 now. I think he knows, too, that his career doesn't have much longer to go. So I I think he'll be on his best behavior. But, again, we'll we'll see what happens. No, we hope. Yes. So let's hop back to the running backs there. That that I that's another swamp that I just you know don't want any part of. I mean I, yeah. I guess I'm a little higher than most people on Lawrence Maroney, but when you still have Fred Taylor there and Sammy Morris and Kevin Falk and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, mm-hmm. they're all in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you, what do you make of that? Are, are those any of those guys worth owning in a in a in a typical 12 team two or three running back fantasy league? Personally, I'd say no. Uh, Lawrence Maroney really didn't put up a lot of big fantasy numbers last year. Um, And maybe Fred Davis is going to help you, but there's a lot of other guys who are going to get more playing time. And I just, 
I think there are a lot of better options, and the Patriots are clearly a pass-first team. I think you have to take I, that into consideration. I agree, and don't really see that changing anytime soon. And yeah, I just no. if I had to pick any of those guys, it would be Maroney because I still think he has the most upside of any of them. But again, to me, he's at best uh, running back three. You know, he's not somebody that you want to bank on. You know, I think your first few no. picks, you have to be pretty. <laughs> darn sure that those are guys you can count on and you know that they're in situations mm-hmm. where their role is pretty clearly defined and I don't think that describes any of those guys in any way shape or form so um, mm-hmm. let's move on then how about the tight end situation there they did a lot of interesting stuff they brought in Algie Crumpler I think from Tennessee and they drafted the rookies Aaron right. Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski what do you do you think that any tight end will ever be fantasy relevant in New England I mean I would always look for years and think why isn't Ben Watson a big star, but it just never happened for Ben Watson's not a big star because he didn't get the ball enough. <laughs> I, I just, guess that brings I me to the I question, sh- do you think that's a function of their system, or do you think it's, you know, what, what do you, do you think that'll change at all this year with, with the cast of characters they have? I think it's it's possible. I'd like to see the rookies get some playing time and see what they can do. Um, but they're the kind of tight ends that if yours gets hurt in week six, maybe they're still on the waiver wire and you can snag one. I don't know if I would draft one. I think I agreed with everything you said, except maybe I would probably change that to definitely unless you have somebody who's related to Alvin <laughs> or playing in a rookie-only league. But uh, I think we're on the same page yeah. there. So, All right, now moving down excuse me, to the last team that we're going to cover today, the, the New York Jets, who... Some people, and most of those people who make up that some people are are living in New York, some people think that they're actually going to go to the Super Bowl this year and emulate the Yankees by winning the championship (laughs) in their first year in a new stadium. Do you think there's any way, shape, or um, form that that can happen? Uh, Let's let's start with the quarterback, the charmed guy, Matt Sanchez. Are you high on him, low on him, somewhere in between? What What do you think he's up to this year? The franchise. Um, I I don't know. He just seems to not totally get it yet. Like, I don't think he's 100% all football all the time during the season. I mean, he's eating hot dogs on the sideline. He was just broke up with Jamie Lynn Sigler. He's got some other stuff going on. But I just, I don't love the Jets. I'm not sold that they're making the playoffs this season. I think they got a lot of luck last year and that Sanchez still has a lot of growing up to do. He's going to make mistakes, and you have to weigh what other quarterbacks you have on your team. Can you afford to have those interceptions and those mistakes, or do you need to go another route? I I agree. I mean, he his completion percentage was something really awful last year, like I think 53 or 54%, you can't blame that all on on uh, Braylon Edwards, maybe four or five points there, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I just <laughs> really don't see him as anything close to an elite quarterback yet. And no. yeah, I think that was just because they had a good ground game and a good defense that they, you know, that mm-hmm. he set that record for winning his first three starts as a rookie last year or whatever that rookie, whatever. I mean, the they got some was. good momentum going. You got to give them that, but they're in a really tough division. I don't think that's they, something they're not going to turn into a dynasty this year. It's not happening. 
sorry. No, and heaven forbid anything <laughs> happens to him because they just signed Mark Brunel, who I think is older than Methuselah, to back him up. And then Kellen Clemens is also there. So, you know, <laughs> heaven forbid if something happens to Sanchez, I, I don't think that there's you know, anywhere to turn there. Um, no. Taking a look at the running back situation there, that's, you know, Interesting if you're a Jets fan, a mess if you're not. But what do you think? There's yeah. Sean Green, LaDainian Tomlinson. They have the rookie Joe McKnight, who's a college teammate of Sanchez's at USC. Any right. fantasy value there? Do you Are you as high on Sean Green as some people seem to be? Do you see him as somebody who you would take as a running back one in a in the 12-team league? I think you'd be crazy to take him as a running back one this year. Last year, sure, not a problem. This year, You've got Tomlinson. How are you going to ever convince the coach to give you 80% of the carries when Ladanian Tomlinson's behind you? It's not going to happen. That guy's got a resume longer than his career. (laughs) Last year he had Thomas Jones there, who I thought, you know, was on his last legs but surprised everyone by rushing for whatever he did there, 1,300, 1,400 yards, I think it was, and lots of touchdowns. But now that he's gone, and, you know, we'll get to that when we get to the – you know, to the West divisions, but I, I think he's probably mm-hmm. on his last legs. But I actually like Sean Green quite a bit this year. I think they're probably more likely to go with him. He's younger, has less wear and tear. You know, they, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson, who knows, maybe he'll be better. Maybe he'll be motivated by all the trash his former teammates are heaping on him now. You know, we'll see. But I, I just see them as using him more as a as a passing down kind of back but uh we'll see uh, again green has to stay healthy and uh, we'll see if he can right. do that you know, if he's the main workhorse there and uh, whether he's he's really as big but as i i don't think it's that. out of the question that we don't see joe mcknight at some point i don't think obviously he's getting substantial amount of time but i think he's going to get a few carries every now and then just because he's already got a rapport with sanchez you know i just i i think there's going to be it's going to have to be something you wait and see. Maybe you take Sean Green, you feel good about him, but I don't think you can bank on him being the best running back on your roster. I I guess I'm a little higher on Sean Green than, than you are. <laughs> I, I think he's somebody I actually would consider as a as a borderline running back one, but yeah, again, we'll see how that plays out. At this point, there's no right answers, mm-hmm. just opinions, so we'll, we'll see how that all comes out. And if we agreed on everything, it'd be a boring show, so... True, and you can have him in the fantasy league. I will let you have Sean Green all to yourself. (laughs) Well, that's because I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to have room for him on my team because I'm going to be busy drafting all the Washington Redskins and Buffalo Bills. So so there. (laughs) So anyway, how about we're we're getting a little bit short on time here, but how about the Jets wide receivers? That seems like another potential swamp there. You've got Jericho Cotri. You've got Mr. Sticky Fingers, you know, Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards is the worst. Anybody who puts them on their team is insane. I'm going to say that now. I don't know if you listeners are going to agree with that or not, but I'm not backing down from that. He is a liability like nobody else in professional football right now. Well, then I probably should have listened to you the last two years because I keep hoping it's kind of like <laughs> Charlie Brown hoping never, it's, it's never going to happen. Football, I just nope. uh, keep picking him, and maybe sooner or later I'll hit my head against the wall enough times that I'll say it hurts and stop. The one thing I think might I do be like I do like Jericho Cotri though. I think he's not a bad pickup. Yeah, I I just I guess I see him more as a 
sort of a, a sidekick than a star wide receiver. I mean, to me, the big thing too will be, you know, how do they integrate Santonio Holmes when he comes back, and you know, how much of a role mm-hmm. are they going to give Lavernius Coles, who they just re-signed? You know, how are those guys going to fit? I mean, again, it just seems like there's a lot of different ways that that situation could go there, and as a result, you know, I'd probably avoid all those guys until I'm looking at a third or fourth. Wide receiver I mean, event. if I had to take one out of the bunch, it'd be Cotry, no question. And I, I have no problem making him a third receiver on my team. I think I would probably go with Holmes and then just grip my teeth and hope that I could uh, survive the first four games or whatever it's going to be without him then, but uh, we'll see Good then. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. I know he'll be available in our in our fourth and inches defense. <laughs> so now um, wrapping up the Jets, then how about uh, the tight ends? They've got Dustin Keller and Ben Hartstock. Any any love for you? I like those Dustin Keller. Players? I think Dustin so, uh, Keller why, is why a, like a decent tight end. I I had him on a team last year, and he he definitely didn't suck for me. He got me decent numbers, so I'm definitely inclined to pick him up again. All right, that's Jana's highest compliment that you can possibly get, Dustin, if you're listening, then, that you didn't suck quite. So then uh, where do you think he fits in in the hierarchy of tight ends? Is he a, Would you pick him ahead of Chris Cooley? Would you pick him ahead of Brett Selleck? No. You know, Brett Selleck, where, uh, Davis, where would you put him? I'd say, I, I don't know if he's, you know, an elite tight end, but I think he's maybe in the bottom of a top ten mid of the pack in the top 15. I think he's worth right. it. I, I do, too. <laughs> I think he's one of these guys that, if you, again, if you miss out on the top half dozen tight ends or so, they're going to be a few guys like Keller. I mean, and, there's only there's only a handful of, of elite tight ends. You're going to have to have some mediocre tight ends. And I think he's a better-than-most option. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, to me, I, I could see grouping him with someone like, you know, Owen Daniels, who probably would have been ranked higher than him if not for you know, his injury last year. But, you know, I, I think he's in that mm-hmm. second tier of tight ends with the possibility of moving up depending on, you know, whether they get their wide receiver mess straightened out or not. But uh, we'll see. So there you have it. That's our pretty rapid uh, um, our pretty rapid tour through the AFC. <laughs> the AFC and the NFC East then, so our Gallup, and uh, hopefully we addressed all the players from a fantasy standpoint that you might be interested in. If not, please feel free to tweet us or email us, and uh, we, we have a couple minutes left here. I just want to slip in one. We've got one. we got one. <laughs> we have one minute um, left? We have one minute, and next week okay. we're going to be looking at the NFC and AFC South. So any thoughts you have on them, shoot us an email, Twitter, whatever, whatever floats your boat during the week, and we are more than happy to respond. We'll talk about it on the show, and we want to make you guys a part of it. So make sure that you send us emails at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com or at Twitter, the number 4th, the letter N, inches show, and we always respond. And um, also, don't forget, next week we're going to be at our regular time, which is 9.30 Eastern. We'll be on from 9.30 to 10. And you can check back during the week at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. I'll be blogging there. There's a lot of great statistics. And uh, I think that's it. Any last words? 
yeah, just that we're going to be on from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. next week, and go check us mm-hmm. out at Fantasy Football Sherpa, and we'll tweet and blog and respond to your emails. So hit us up, and if you call us, don't hang up next time. <laughs> Thank you all have for listening, week, and uh, yeah, have a great week. Talk to you next time.